Welcome to another BritFlix podcast. I'm joined by Simon Rumley. Hello, hello, Simon. Sorry, that was my cue to say hello, wasn't it? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give up the illusion that we're not in the same room, Simon. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> we're right next to each other. Exactly, exactly. So for the benefit of the listeners then, um, do you want to give us a quick, um, a, little, a little overview of, um, of, of the few of your films then that we, that, that, that that's already yeah. out there that people might know about or Absolutely. might be worth or, checking out? Well, um, I've done a, a bunch of features and, and a few anthologies. Um, the last feature was Red, White and Blue, which which was premiered in Rotterdam Film Festival and then South by Southwest a few years ago. I think it came out in the UK last year. I think it came out in the US the year before last um, the Living and the Dead is, is one that I shot in the UK with Roger, Roger Lloyd Pack, a.k.a. Trigger from Only Fools and Horses. Um, they're, they're, they're both kind of darker, darker psychological films which um, generally seem to be liked by the horror community, um, or at least some of the horror community. Um, they, they tend to be a little divisive. Before those, I did a youth culture trilogy which is more inspired by... By actually by the films of Richard Linklater, specifically Slacker, Dazed and Confused, and to a lesser extent um, before Sunrise. I, I've, I've, I kind of got confused with all, all the before midnight, before sunrise, and after sunset titles. But what, the, the first one of those, um, and and that that's quite exciting because they're actually just being released in America f- for the first time in August on DVD. Excellent. And, yeah, and I'm. I'm, I'm working on a film which actually should be shooting any minute now in, uh, in, well, it was meant to be in August and now it's in September, but as, as ever we'll see, it seems to be slowing down a little bit, uh, which I can't really talk too much about, but that, that's, okay. uh, <clears throat> that, that, that's an American film. So that's, that's very exciting. And it's, it's, it's a great producer and, and a great distribution company. And, and I guess the, the last couple of films I've been involved with have been anthology films. So the, the excellent ABCs of Death, which, um, again, premiered in Toronto last year. I think it's just coming out now, or has just come out now. Yesterday, um, in fact. Yesterday. Hey, there, there you go. I, was, I knew it was sometime around now. So, um, yes, well, well, that's exciting. It's coming out, out yesterday on DVD in the UK. And, and Little Deaths, which um, is coming out, I think, in the next probably month. Yeah, I think, you, I think, you, it's, I think it's late, late August, I think. But, yeah. Uh, Okay, then. Well, let's uh, let's let's rewind the clock a bit, then, just to get a picture of you as a filmmaker, then, and how you got to be one. Yeah. So, thinking about when writing and or directing Bug bit you, yeah. What what, what film, play, novel, or who represents a kind of tipping point for you, where you sort of consciously thought, "This is what I'm going to do." Well, I, I don't think there's any anyone or anything specific to be quite honest. It was very much literally. I woke up one morning. When I was, I was, I studied law at university, um, at, at Hull University, okay. and I, I, I happily studied that for three years. But it wasn't in the end. I didn't really think I'd be a very good lawyer, to be quite honest. Um, and and I'd always, I guess I'd always loved watching films and always been a, a, a massive cinema goer and, and, and video viewer. And and I literally, I guess I, I think it was nineteen, maybe even twenty. I literally woke up one morning and thought, hey, I think I. 
like to be a film director and <laughs> and and it was pretty much just as simple as that and and then but it's a weird thing to say i mean maybe i guess even now it's probably quite a weird thing but i, I guess now with you know, with with technology as is, everyone's kind of a film critic and everyone's kind of a filmmaker. So it's probably is less of a weird thing to say now. But but back then it was it was pretty much like saying you know I want to be an astronaut or I want to be a, a foot, you know professional footballer or something. It's you know it's it's like how how do you get into that? So I remember at university I started making silent Super 8 films. I think I made two or three, and then and then I. A couple of, I think, a year after I graduated, I got a job as a runner, and and, and really kind of went from there. Um, that so was what, you, a, what you're saying is, while you were studying law, you were making short films. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, but yeah, that that, that wasn't one filmmaker or, or, or one film that I was like, oh my god, that, that's changed my life. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Fortunately. And um, sort of during the sort of learning process for yourself and the early <laughs> development process, what? What sort of best bit of um, writing or direction advice would you be at pains to point out to any aspiring filmmaker? It's um, an interesting question. Well, probably it, it, it's 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 funny actually. Um, well, I, I think it's funny. I, I I remember quite a while ago being at a party um, in in North London, and and I, I guess I'd made maybe a couple of features by then and, and a bunch of shorts, and and. A, a girlfriend, well, a, a girl who was with her boyfriend, she was like, "Hey, you're a film director. My boyfriend w- wants to be a film director. You know, what, what advice can you give him?" And I, and I, 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 was, I said, oh, "Don't, don't bother. Don't do it." And she, she was pretty, she was pretty outraged. Actually, she was pretty shocked. And she's like, "You know, how dare you? You know, shattering my boyfriend's dreams and being so negative." Da 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 da. And I was like, "You know what? Frankly, if, if he listens to anyone saying anything, he shouldn't be doing this because because most people are full of shit, and, you, and he's really just got to ignore everyone and, and do what he thinks is best." So, so that, that that's that's my advice, really. Um, it's probably, I mean, you know, I wouldn't say ignore everyone because you know, everyone has points of view. Some of those points of view are right, some are wrong, and 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 you, you, but you've really got to um, judge for yourself what makes sense and 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 what doesn't, and, and really follow your own route. And and I think with with filmmaking, you, you speak to ten different directors, or actually ten different writers, and you're, I could pretty much guarantee that every single person is going to have had a different route as to how they did it. Um, yeah, and, and there are some obvious routes like like going to, to film school in, in the UK. But I, I think you know, I guess nowadays that there's a few f- film schools. Um, I, I don't necessarily know. If, you know, every, it's not like every single person who goes to them suddenly becomes a world famous director or, or successful director or anything. But you know, going to film school, usually going to film school, starting off as, as a runner, are, are the two kind of broad places uh, to start from, and and, and then. And then, of course, most people do uh, make films themselves, short films initially, um, or get into promos or commercials. And, and obviously, getting getting into promos, promos or commercials is another e- easier way to get into films. But again, it, none of it's hard. So it's it's really it's down to the individual to, to just kind of you know forge their own way and 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 hope you know that they have a bit of luck and. Uh, Bit of success on on the way. Um, I mean, that's that's certainly why I asked that question because because it's it's because everybody does have a different answer, and so I think you begin to see that actually, 
nobody's got the right to stop anybody trying to enter filmmaking, but, you know, nobody's going to necessarily give you a magic wand either. No, and, and that, that, that's absolutely correct. And, and that, that's, you know, one of the, in inverted commas, charming things about the industry is, is that actually, you know, I mean, I, I had a law degree, but, but actually um, you, you don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have gone to higher education. You know, you, you kind of left school when you're 16 with, you know, two O-levels. And actually you can still be an amazing filmmaker um, because you don't need that kind of formal education which which to become a lawyer actually or, or, or a doctor or some you know some of the things in our society you actually need so so that, that, that in that respect it, it's very it is a very equal playing field um and and again you know i i started i knew absolutely no one in the industry my parents knew no one so it was literally i i got my cv together i spent two days walking around soho delivering my cv to post-production houses um, and again, I, I literally knew no one. I think by the end of the second day when I returned home, I was living with my parents at the time, I, I'd already had a call saying, yeah, you know, we've, we've got a, a spare job, come, come for an interview. Excellent. Um, but, but again, you know, that, 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 that's, that, that is the good thing. You know, if, it's, it's, not, it's not easy to get into the industry, but actually if, if you're willing to work, you know, to be abused, work for next to nothing for a couple of years, um, you, you stand a pretty good chance of, of actually being, you know, uh, successful. Uh, well, to, to, of actually getting into, into the industry. Exactly. I mean, success is a relative thing, I think, in, yes, uh, yeah, in this yeah. filmmaking world. Yes, um, yes. So as, from, a, from a writing point of view, Simon, mm. how would you describe your uh, your writing process? You know, sort of habit, early riser, burn them in the oil? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, I... I I rarely write late at night. I, I know some, it's funny, you know, with, with, you listen to other writers and some people are like, yeah, you know, we, we, we write through the night, 24 hours a day kind of thing. And, I, and I'm like, I, I can never do that. So I, how I write, I tend, I'd like to um, have, you know, no emails in my inbox and I like to have no, no dis- dishes, you know, on, in, in the living room and, 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 and nothing to do really. I, I really like, again, whether it's, whether it's meetings, whether it's you know, just kind of um, email, mail, correspondence, anything like that. I, I generally, when I write, I, I generally try to have a, a, as clean a kind of social uh, um, kind of plate as possible. Well, as social and, and, and kind of just mental plate as possible, I guess. So that when I sit down, I, I, I know I'm not going to have to do something in 35 minutes or you know two hours or whatever. So um, and, and then when I do that, I, I'll write anything from you know four to well well it's it's usually between it's usually about five or six hours i have to say in, in the last couple of months i've been working on this project um which i can't say too much about but, mm. but which which um i i've that that was um that there was a certain kind of time pressure involved so i ended up writing 10 12 hours a day which i would i would never usually do i mean i, I think eight nine or ten is, is i can probably i could probably do but over that you, your brain starts going numb i mean it, it's basically a lot like you know i suppose these easiest analogies like saying it's, it's writing three non-stop you know um exams three three-hour exams non-stop without a break or anything um and and i i guess you know i i do Usually, I'll usually have a sandwich or something during that process, but that, that's that's about it. You know, sometimes what's, what's, what's your standard process up to the point where you start writing script pages, or you just do you just dive in to write scripts? Um, no, I 
it's funny. I mean, again, different. I guess different people have different things. I mean, I never write a treatment. I personally, I hate treatments, and I, I think that they're. I mean, I understand the need for them, but um, I, I hate them. I don't like them. I'm not very good at them. I, I, I find them really. They're, they're creatively a very dull kind of. They're, they're kind of fairly. Um, they kind of kill the creative process in my mind. So I, 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 what I do is I write. I write notes. Over, you know, I, I do. So, depending on what my subject matter is, I'll, I'll usually do a bit of research online. Um, I'll usually <clears throat> do, you know, so, sometimes that that can even just be basic things like geography. Because again, most of my films these days aren't set in the UK, so most of them, not all, most of them are set in, in America. But I've I've written them in, you know, China and Suriname. Um, and, but, but, you know, let, let's say that in America, you know, and, and I, I decided to film in Mississippi. I've never been to Mississippi, but I'll, I'll, I'll check out the towns and I'll check out Google Maps and Google Images, all that kind of stuff. Um, but no, but apart from that, I, I will, over, I suppose, a, a week, couple of weeks, three, occasionally three weeks, depending on how complicated this story is, I'll, I'll literally just sit, sit around. Um, and write uh, write notes to myself and and come up with kind of scenes key scenes which which um, which I think are well obviously which I think are interesting and 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 you know whilst doing that you usually have a uh, you usually kind of work out how to begin the film how the film's going to end and and I, I suppose again I I mean I've I've never been to you know film school I've never learned how to write I've I've never been to any writing. Courses. I, th- I think I once wrote, read like half a book by Robert McKee, which or, which I just I, I just found really dull. So I'm not sure I finished that. Um, so, I didn't but, but, finish but, it. Sorry, I didn't finish it. No, fucking boring, <laughs> boring. And, and and I mean, again, I I I guess you know different different minds work in different ways. Indeed, I, indeed. I, I've been told that I'm a I'm an an, an intuitive writer. Um, okay. So so yeah. So but I I will usually try and. Find a, a vague point in terms of structural acts, you know where you know. So, so, so I mean, red, red, white, and blue is an interesting case and example because everyone's like, "Wow, that, that, that was an interesting structure." How you know? How did you come up with that idea? Because it's not, it's not a kind of structure that you see terribly often. Um, it was actually not not beyond the pines. You use something fairly fairly similar actually, um, but you know, you've got three th- three acts in your film and and. With red, white, blue, I was like, okay, I, I know where the first act is going. It, it's 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 about this girl who who has this affliction, and I, I want her to form a close bond with with some some guy. Um, and I know that in the end, there's going to be a revenge story. So I I, I wrote that first act. So I, I knew that I I knew that basically up until about thir- page thirty, I, I roughly knew what I was doing. So I, I I wrote that and thought, okay, this is cool. I've, I've done that. I'm, I'm finished. Okay. So I, I knew that that I wanted again it to be a re- revenge thing. So so the second act, I was like, well, okay. I, now I know that, that someone has to be taken revenge upon. So I, I need to have that person. So okay, I'll, I'll write the next act more or less about that person and their reaction to their interaction with 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 the girl from the first act. So so then I had the second act, which is really more from the point of view of, of that that one guy, um, and and then and then I, I I finished the second act. So that then I was like, okay, third act is is just doing the the revenge bit. So so that that was. We're, we're not, I don't know if that makes sense if you haven't. No, seen no, because I mean, I, I, I mean, I saw the I saw the film at Fright Fest when it when yeah. when it was shown there, and and, that, and and what what I was what I enjoyed most about it was the uh, you start off 
for me, for me as an audience member, not obviously you writing, so you, you just described how you wrote it, but me watching it, it yep. starts off as quite a kind of nihilistic uh, melodrama with this girl sleeping around, and you, you don't quite understand why. Then there's the big reveal as to why. With that, and I must admit, the the um, I thought it was almost like a little a little a little joke you had with the uh, the married man who refused to have sex. Yeah. With the yeah. with the with the condom, and then she won't have sex with him. And I was, and at that point, you're the film. You're going, what, 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 why, why is she suddenly being so this, yeah. that, and the other? And you don't, you don't know her secret. And then yeah. when you reveal her secret, it's amazing. And then you have the double whammy of the the kid in the band and his dying mother. And it's, yeah. like, I mean, that is, I mean, never mind where it goes in terms of the the, the violent revenge of, of of Act Three. That mm-hmm. that was really, I thought it was really neat. The way yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, you, set, you set and paid, set up and paid all that off because you, you, they kind of you did that brilliant thing where it was a surprise, yeah. But it was also plo- it was also the most plausible thing to happen as well because it explained what you'd just seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and, and, and that, that, that's actually something also that I've I've learned over the years. You know, that, that actually try not to tell that much to the, the audience. You know, tr- tr- try you know tr- cut cut down on dialogue. I mean, certainly over the years, my, my first three films. Strong language, uh, the truth game, and the club of Mondo are very, you know, our dialogue heavy, completely dialogue heavy. Um, and, and then after, after, after them, I kind of changed my style a little bit. One of the reasons was I saw a film called The Isle, which is a Kim Ki Duke film, mm. and it's more or less no dialogue throughout. And it's, I, you know, it's, it's a hundred minute film, whatever. And I, you know, there is dialogue, but it, I just thought, wow, what, what, a, what an amazing piece of filmmaking. And, and that, that actually. You know, that, that was actually one of the few films I, I would say actually, but you know, Slack, Slacker inspired me to make strong language. Um, and then th- this, this film inspired me to change my writing style. Um, and, 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 and with, with that change of writing style comes, you know, dialogue, which is a lot more crisp, uh, but, but also trying just to show stuff, um, w- without telling it as well. So, um, indeed, no, I think, I think, I think you've certainly, certainly developed a nice style in that then, at the moment. Thank you. Um, so, with Little Deaths, which is mm. uh, which is due out in the next month, yeah. um, do you want to tell tell us a little bit about your contribution to that three sure. part analogy? Because uh, I mean, I, I, I interviewed Sean last week, Sean Hogan, yeah, yeah. Uh, about it too, and uh, I found a wonderful quote from somebody about that kind of sums up Little Deaths better than I could. So I thought I'd just use it. <laughs> Somebody said, <laughs> "Semen is the glue that binds the three shorts in Little Deaths," huh. which that's, is uh, that's quite a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you want to say a little bit what what you can without, sort of, I guess, spoiling it? What what? Uh, yeah, what yeah sure, sure, sure. Well, well, this. I, funnily enough, you know, having spoken a little bit about my my early university days, um, the the short that I have in Little Deaths is called "Bitch," and was actually inspired. Um, from an event that happened when I was at university, and I was I was in bed with my girlfriend at the time, and she, she was naked, and um, a spider fell on her, and she freaked out, and you know it, it was all over in five seconds. But I was like, oh, that, that, that's that's an interesting reaction, and and I think at the time, this was actually before I I, I decided to become a filmmaker, but even at that time. Um, I had, you know, I, I had pretensions of well telling stories, uh, and so I, I, I guess I was either becoming a filmmaker or a novelist. And um, I, you know, I, up until that point, I'd written, 
I was going to say I'd written short stories, but actually I'd, I'd written poems and, and I'd, I'd, I'd kind of started short stories, which I'd, I never really quite finished. And um, and at the time, I just thought, huh, that, that's that's an interesting kind of reaction. Maybe I'll turn that into a short story. So I, I turned, I, I wrote about um, twenty pages longhand of, of of a story about a, an abusive goth couple, um, uh, where the girlfriend was essentially bullied by. Sorry, sorry. The, the boyfriend was essentially bullied by the girlfriend, and 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 you know, at some point he he just, he he had enough of it, so he took his revenge by by um, gathering, collecting lots of spiders, and uh, tying his girlfriend up in under, under the kind of device of, of a kinky sex game, and 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 then when you know when she taking her clothes off, um, basically just dropping all these spiders on on her naked body, and just kind of you know. Watching her just you know, have a heart attack, kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I never finished that story. I've, I've got it still somewhere. And and when Little Deaths came along, um, Sean and, and and Jay Slater, who's one of the producers, like you know, would you, would you, are you up for this? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds cool. And and uh, they said, have you, have you got any ideas? And and actually, it's, it's one of those nice occasions where I, I didn't even have to think about it. I was like, actually, you know what? I've I've got this idea from when I was at university, and. Uh, and, and and so that that changed, of course, um, and I changed the spiders for dogs, um, yeah. and 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 the rest is history. And and yeah, so I, I mean, it's it's obviously a, a well, it's not obviously, but but it's a it's a modern day film set in uh, well, it's originally written for South London, which is where I live, um, as an homage to my area. But but for various reasons, the, the, the line producer decided that we we were going to be based up in. Well, outside of North London, so so it made shooting in South London fairly hard. So we we ended up doing most of it around the Shoreditch area. Um, so it's based in the East End, about a kind of a, a couple, I guess, whose only mutual love seems to be gigs, gigs and clubs. Um, and apart from that, they they live together, but um, she's pretty, she's a bit, bit of a nutty, insecure kind of. Um, Power tripping girl who, who's you know very cute and sexy and stuff and and, and he's he's a slightly downtrodden really nice guy but but um yeah slightly um I, I suppose bullied by her um and and it's what happens when one night she pushes him too far and and he well, decides I've got, I've got a confession to make time and I am absolutely terrified of dogs so the hey, finale, that's so the finale of this one was. Uh... <laughs> Was was uh, was my room one hundred and one? To be honest, hey, really, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've never I've I've never liked dogs. If I'm being honest, um, I've I've never been like really scared of them. But I, I've always kind of I've always seen myself as a, as a bit of a da- Damien at the zoo, where, where certainly when I was younger, animals just used to attack me for no seemingly no re- well, actually for no reason. I think when I was about four, I got chased home from the local butchers by, by, by their, by their uh, Jack Terrier kind of thing. So mm. I, I've, always, I've always thought dogs, uh, you know, certainly bigger dogs are, are kind of quite scary. And, and actually, I, I got attacked by my parents' dog as well, which, which had to be put down. Um, so I, I guess I've had a, a rough time with dogs. So where does your, um, your, your thing come from? I'm just born, it's born and bred in me, to be honest with you. My, my, yeah. my mother was scared of cats, and I think I just must have learned that habit. Ah. Um, and so, w- all kinds of attempts. The only thing I've had was actually funny. Back top at university was one night, just drunk at the at the, the student house, yeah. and a friend of mine was just 
just really overly interested in uh, in why I'd be scared of dogs. Yeah. And he just said, if a dog was in this room now mm. and it didn't bite me, why would it bite you? And and that sort of kid psychology has always has always worked now. So if I'm in anywhere where there's more than a few people, yeah, I'm not too bad. It's when I'm on my own that's the only plan I'm really. Hey, really well. That's that's interesting, isn't it? It's just uh, and I'm 41 now, you know. So yeah. it's kind of like it ain't going anywhere. And no, I can live with well, I can live with that. I can live with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because you know there are you know I, there are. A few, I can't remember what the actual name for it is, but you know there is there is the, the name for you know people who are you know have have a you know pathological hatred. Well, um, are, are scared of dogs and and um, and I again I, I just thought it's it's fine being scared of you know one imagines something like snakes because you're just like well if, if I don't like snakes I'm, I'm not going to go and live in a jungle. Um, but something like like dogs, you know, you, you pretty much can't really escape dogs. They're, they're pretty much everywhere. No, I live in East London, so there's plenty of people with dogs that yeah. support their machismo. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you know, if, if you're living in an urban environment, it, it's uh, yeah, it, it's it's pretty bad. So so again, I I just thought yeah, it'd be an interesting story. No, uh, no crack. I mean, it's I think I think uh, it goes back into the fact that I think what you were saying before about the kind of work you do that horror fans seem to like, but. It, it, it constantly gets referred to by genre reviewers going, it's not traditional horror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, exactly. And, and it's funny because I, I've had that with all my, well, certainly all my, you know, in inverted commas, horror films. Yeah. It, 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 they're more like dark dramas. And actually, you know, it's, it's funny seeing the reaction to the ABCs of death, cause, or, or my ABCs of death, because that, that was just like, the, the reaction to that. I mean, with most of my films, I have to say, generally speaking, they, they've generally been, you know, pretty well reviewed, um, but but there, there's been some people who've hated them. Um, the, the P for pressure was like all over the place. It was like, wow, this is one of the most amazing things we've ever seen. Wow, we hate this, or wow, this is really dull, or oh my god, this is the most disturbing thing we've ever seen. And it, it was it was it was funny just to have just really all over the um all over the, the radar on that. But but again, I I think within the context of ABC's death, it, it probably was again in inverted commas the least horror. And, and and although a fairly nasty thing happens, it's not it's not violent. It's it's um, but but again, you know, for some people it was way too much, and others it was kind of just like huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've I've generally tried to eschew your your kind of average kind of you know blood, blood and guts violence or, or you know you know supernatural haunting kind of kind of movie. Well, look, look for uh, last two questions now for a bit a bit a bit a bit of, a bit of light relief then. Mm. Um, so, what I asked Sean this question, so I thought I'd ask it you as well because I got I got a good answer from him. So we'll see what you're. Um, what would be an interesting or often overlooked British horror genre film that's important to you? Um, that, that's a tough question. Um, I mean, off I guess off the top of my head, um, although I'm not sure it's really overlooked, but I, I you know I, I think for me, Don't Look Now is probably. The classic British horror movie, hmm. that that and Hellraiser. Um, I I, th- I think you know I think I mean it's funny with Nicholas Ray because I I've, I've been I've been thinking I've been thinking about Nicholas uh, a, a, a bit recently and uh, and and I I just look, I look at the state of the British film industry and the kind of films that we make here and 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 I I just think it's kind of tragic that people people seem to lionize you know. 
Ken Loach and, and Mike Lee and Guy Ritchie and, 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 and kind of really celebrate these people. Not, not that it's tragic for them and I, I, I'm not having anything against them you know, yeah. as, as filmmakers, but, but, but then, and, 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 you know, we come up with a lot of period dramas and, and then in my mind, you know, Nicholas Rogue is probably the most exciting, best British director that this country has, has bred. And, um, you know, suddenly you look at his films like, well, suddenly that, that kind of trinity of, of performance don't look now and and, and um, the the man who fell to earth just you know amazing films just so kind of imaginative and, and ahead of their time and 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 I, I just I just I find it a constant shame that someone like him is just not really ever really I mean people talk about him but more as a kind of oddity that than like wow you know one of our best makers he he should be so revered in this country both by the film industry and 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 everyone else, you know, who's seems more like a kind of filmmaker's filmmaker, if you if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, no, ab- ab- absolutely. But but it's weird because actually, don't look now, you know, was a film I, I think which which was was voted the best British film ever made. So th- th- there is that kind of love for his, okay. for his films. But by Time Out, I was going to say, um, and I, I'm not sure whether that came from critics or or audience members. But 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 it's just. Yeah, it's just, it, I just feel that there's something lacking in, in, in the kind of celebration of him. It's very much in the same way that when Ken Russell died, everyone's like, oh, yeah, Ken Russell, you know, he's one of our most exciting, provocative filmmakers ever. Um, and, and, and he's amazing. And, and then that, that's it, you know, you know that no one's ever heard of, uh, about him again kind of thing. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I've been thinking recently, and, and actually that there's a few films, I'm actually going to watch a Nicholas Rogue film tonight, that there's a few films of his that I've never seen, like, like Walkabout. So I, I, I kind of thinking I should, I should given how much I, I've, I've loved some of his films, I should really make an effort and uh, kind of watch the films of his that I haven't seen. Um, so that, that's something I'm going to do kind of um, soon. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I mean, so Don't Look Night, I guess it's a, arguably an, an obvious film, but it, it's in terms of, you know, British horror, but it's such, a, it's such an amazingly well-made, evocative creepy ghost story of, of the, the likes of which I don't really think you, you see so much, well, hardly, well, you don't, you don't see anymore. You know, it was, it was very much, I think, redolent of its time and, and, um, just intelligent. Just everything about it is pretty perfect. They, really. I don't know if you know, they did last year at Fright Fest that they showed the original double bill of, um, Don't Look Now and the Wicker Man. Did they? Yeah, 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 yeah. As, as you, you're familiar with the Sleepy Cue, yeah? On, on the Saturday yeah, morning. Yeah, yes, yeah. So yeah. those of us that had, that had queued for the Sleepy Cue get rewarded with a film. Got it, got it, okay. And uh, so this time, instead of it being a new release that was too early for um, Fright Fest, they actually just put on the original double bill of oh, wow. cool. Wicker Man and Double Up Now, which was quite an amazing way to spend your Sunday, Saturday lunchtime. <laughs> yeah, 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 that, that, that I would, I would have... Because um... I'd never seen it on a big screen, so it was like, amazing to see it on a, on a proper cinema screen. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I think I've seen it once, but uh, yeah, no, well, that, that sounds great. And I, I guess, you know, Wicker Man's obviously something that, that is, I, I, it's, it's funny with films, kind of very much like, like music, you know, that there are films that I, I kind of discovered myself, and there are bands that I discovered myself, and, and I tend to like them, or, or have, a, you know, a, a closer affinity to them than, than f- films or bands, which I still like, but, you know, have taken me, like, you know, a, a lot longer to discover. Um, and, and I, I think Wicker, Wicker Man, I, I guess I, I, I saw that reasonably young, but I, I, it never moved me in the way that, um, Don't Look Now moved me. And, you know, especially with the, um, you know, the, 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 the little, the, the little midget reveal at the end, it was, you know, 
was, was in, in my mind, that that was probably one of my, you know, scariest moments <laughs> in the cinema kind of thing, because it, it, it just was like completely, I mean, m- maybe if I'd watched it when I was a little older and I was, you know, a little, little more knowledgeable and stuff, I would have got it, but I was like, holy fuck, I, I, I did not see that coming whatsoever. Because again, it, it's such an, an, an integral part of the story that, that, that you just, you, you know, that, that transference of, of him thinking that this, his having visions of his dead child to actually it being the, the, the killer of, of children was, was, was yeah, such that, an amazing... Um, amazing. Well, look, sir, final, final question for you. If, mm. um, if, and this isn't to say it should be reboots. You're not putting your reputation on the line. It is just a bit of fun. Because yeah. <laughs> most people seem to say, I'm not saying this should be rebooted, but, you know. Yeah, so yeah, if yeah. you could reboot any film um, yeah. as, as the writer-director, what would you relish doing? Well, it's funny because, again, I, I usually say, well, that's, that's a tough question. But actually, I, I don't know if someone asked me this before or whether it was just something I was idly... I think it's something I, I was idly thinking myself. And, and I was thinking I'd love to remake Itchy the Killer. Um, in, in, in America. I really? Think. Yeah. yeah. Well, Itchy the Killer is such a kind of crazy film, and, and it's... Is it, it ever? It's, it's such a, you know, again, amazing film and, and crazy, and the idea of a, a kind of sadist, um, you know, fighting out this battle with a masochist. It, I, I mean, it, it's just like, it's, you know, almost beyond words, really. And, um... Yeah, so I, I, I and I, I think I mean it's interesting that they've made Old Boy because I, I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm actually I don't really, generally like remakes. I, I suppose like like many of us and, uh, and and, but but this I'm really curious because I, I think Old Boy is a pretty flawless film, of which I'd rarely say that. Um, mm. And and so I'm kind of I saw the trailer quite recently and I, it didn't didn't make me want to rush out and see it again i have to say um but I, again you know i i i think it's the, the really exciting thing about it is in my mind is, is that it's made by spike lee who i, I think is you know is, is actually is a great filmmaker and and i'd say i, I think it's interesting it's going to be interesting to see what what he comes up with and, and how he adds to 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 the original um and i i, I think with and, and I, I think, I think again, Old Boy. I, I can imagine it being made in New York, certainly in, in the kind of eighties, eighties New York kind of thing, much more than say, say the, the modern day. And Itch, Itchy the Killer, yeah. Again, I mean, I, I just think the, the idea of having those two protagonists, uh, you know, fighting against each other, could, could just, um, in America, it just. I think, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'd have to, you know, I haven't seen it for quite a long time, so I'd have to watch it again. But um, that, that's something that. I, I, I think I would love, love to uh, love to remake probably. Well, it's certainly be a challenge. Um, well, look, look, Simon. Thank you very much for your Hello. time. Um, that's been me, Stuart Wright, talking to Simon Rumley for Britflix.com podcast. It's the Britflix.com podcast. Flix.com Podcast.